Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Northridge Church. Glad you're here. So, uh, there are a lot of things in life that I struggle with. Anybody else uh, have some things in life that they struggle with? For example, I struggle with throwing leftovers away. I do. I hate wasting food. I'm like, we already cooked it. It's there. I don't care if it was a week ago. I can still eat it. And so I struggle. When I see my wife going for that, I'm like, no, no, I'm going to eat that today for lunch. You know, I struggle with that. Uh, Another thing that I uh, struggle with is uh, buying new things. I don't like to spend money. Anybody else in the room, some, maybe some dads in the room be like, why are we going to the store? We don't need to go to the store. There's no reason to go to the store. That place is evil because it makes us spend money. You know, like I, I struggle with spending money. I figure I've existed this long without whatever this is that we're buying. I can probably go longer. Like, what's the point here? So I struggle with that. Uh, I struggle with giving up the TV remote. Anybody else with me on that one? I don't like to admit it. Uh, but I do. I don't like to give up that control, uh, and I struggle with that. Uh, but there's something that I struggle with that's a little bit more practical and something that happens on a fairly weekly basis, and that is I struggle with reading lips. Anybody else understand what I'm talking about? Like when somebody's mouthing something to you, and they're trying to communicate without saying the words out loud, and they're trying to mouth the words, and I'm going, I'm just staring at them like, I am not, I have no clue what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Laura, my wife, she does this to me all the time. All the time. I think she likes to just make fun of me. Um, but anyway, what she does, she, she wants to try to communicate something to me when the kids are in the room, and, and she doesn't want the kids to know, but she needs me to understand something. You know what I'm saying? So the other day, Tanner was with me, and she wanted to see if I was okay with us going to Culver's to get, like, frozen custard, get a treat, right? Because, again, that whole spending money thing is a problem for me. So she's like, I'm checking to see if this is okay. And so she's mouthing these words to me, and I'm just looking at her. I'm like, I have no idea what she's saying. That's what's going on in my head. And so I just nod my head like, sure. I had no clue. A few seconds later, I figured it out. I was like, I think she said Culver's. Like, it took me that long to figure out the word Culver's, which means, okay, she wants frozen custard at Culver's. I got it now. Okay, but it took me a while. I struggle because Laura is trying to communicate something to me. She's trying to help me understand something, but there's a disconnect. I'm just not getting it. How often do we feel that way with God? God is speaking, God is communicating, God is talking to us, but it's like there's a disconnect. I don't know what you're saying, God. I don't know what you're trying to do here. I don't know what you're trying to tell me. Do you ever feel that way? Well, today we're going to continue the series that we've been in called FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions. We're talking about the questions that are asked most often by people, both followers of Christ and non-Christians as well, non-followers. These are the questions that a lot of people ask. And so this question is another really, really hard one. As you know, these questions are not easy. If they were easy, nobody would ask them because we'd already know the answers. And so this question is another hard one. It is this. How do I know it's God speaking to me? How do I know? How do I know it's not just my random thoughts? How do I know it's not just something weird that I ate last night? Have you ever wondered this? I'll bet you have. I've wondered this. I still wonder this at times. Is that God? 
How do we know that it is God we are hearing and not someone or something else? Well, in order to answer that question today, I think we need to tackle three things. Okay? These are the three things. First, I want to talk about the barriers between us hearing God. It doesn't matter if we know whether it's God or not, if we have a barrier that keeps us from hearing God in the first place. And so I want to talk to you about two barriers. Then after that, I want to talk to you about the actual question, which is, how do I discern if it's God or not? Like, how can I tell? We're going to talk about that. That's the second part. And then the third part is actually the one that we're going to spend the most time on. The first two are going to be really fast. The third one we're going to spend a little bit more time on. And the third question is, how does God speak? How does God speak to you? How does God communicate with human beings in this 21st century? Okay, so barriers, how do I know it's God, and how does God actually speak to me? Okay, if you've wondered any of those, we're going to talk about some of those today, all right? And by the way, if you're hoping to walk out of here with the scientific equation of how to know all those things, you're going to be sorely disappointed (laughs) because there is none. But I am going to give you some direction. All right? So let's talk about the barriers first. So barrier number one, and I'm going to just give you, I'm not going to give you all of them. There's a bunch of them out there, but I'm going to give you two today. The first one is busyness. Anybody in here busy? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. What is the first thing that we tend to say when somebody says, how are you doing? Usually this is how it goes. At least this is how I respond. This is how almost everybody that I know that exists on the planet that I've ever met responds. I'm good, fine, busy. Anybody else have that conversation? I've had it at least four to five times already this morning. Good, fine, busy. Yep, sounds about right. We tend to be a fast-paced, busy culture, don't we? Well, Jesus has something to say about that. He doesn't address the word busyness in his statement, but he really is addressing it. It's in Matthew 6.33, Jesus says this. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Not some things or most things, all else. And live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Now, why are we busy? Typically, why I'm busy is because I'm chasing something. I'm chasing a soccer game like I did yesterday, two soccer games. I have another one coming up this afternoon. Uh, We might be chasing wealth. We might be chasing uh, a relationship. We might be chasing getting better at something. Now, understand, I'm not saying that success is wrong or bad. I work really hard. I'm extremely busy as well. I can say that honestly. But sometimes our pace of life We have a hundred things vying for number one in our life. I don't know how you feel, but I feel that way all the time. I've got a hundred things vying for the number one spot in my my full attention and focus all the time. A hundred things vying for that. And it's really hard to keep God there for me. I find it's really hard to keep God first or at the center of everything that I'm doing. It's a struggle for me. I have to fight for it because the natural inclination of my life and the natural inclination of my culture does not lend itself to putting God first. It's really putting Him last. And so I sometimes struggle with this. Busyness is a barrier to us hearing God. We have to put God first in our life 
if we're going to hear him. So that's barrier number one. I told you I'm going to go fast. Some of you are like, man, okay, we're going kind of quick. Well, there's more to come, all right? So don't worry. Barrier number two is noise. I'm not just talking about mostly physical noise here. I'm talking about distraction. It could be physical noise, of course. But more often, it's just distraction. For example, one of the biggest distractions, I know I tend to harp on this, but I think it's something that has affected and changed our culture more than anything else in this life. And that is this. I'm not saying it's evil. I just pulled one out of my own pocket. I'm your pastor. I've got one too. I'm not saying it's sinful. Okay? I'm showing you. See, my reminders are on there. The one that always comes up. Help me to be bold and courageous, especially when I'm intimidated. It's a prayer that God imparted to me about seven years ago. It's still on there. Happens every morning. It's a good one. But this, when I have an idle moment, you know what happens? I pull this out. When I have to go to the bathroom, what do I do? I make sure I have my phone with me. Because, oh, forbid, I would sit there in silence or maybe read a book or a magazine once. Nope. Time for my phone for five minutes. Woo! In fact, I'm all done. I'm still going to stay here anyway. Oh, now we're speaking truth. <laughs> Woo! That says something about our culture and the noise going on, right? We have screens. We have music. We have people. We have tasks. We have notifications. Ding, ding, ding. You know when the apps come up and they say, uh, can you allow notifications? My first inclination is like, no. But then I'm like, man, I'm going to miss something though. Right? How often does your phone go off? I bet it's a lot like mine does. And now I've got something tied to my wrist that lets me know if I missed it. That's helpful. You missed it. Bzzz. Oh, yeah, I got it. Okay. <laughs> noise. We have noise in our culture, don't we? It's constant. We are bombarded by stimulus all the time. We are, it is very, very rare. When was the last time you did absolutely nothing? And, and nothing in our culture means watching a movie, scrolling Netflix, scrolling on your phone, doing, uh, that's not nothing. That's very much something. When was the last time you did nothing? literally sat down in order to do nothing and just see what happens. Some of you are like, that's scary. In our culture, honestly, it is. Jesus has something to say about this as well, as you would imagine. In order to illustrate this, he was telling a story about seeds, which in this, in this context, seeds means God's word, the truth, faith. That is being dropped into soil. And one of the soils is soil that is consumed by thorns. Okay, some of you have heard this story. And I want to read for you what Jesus says the seed that falls in the soil with the thorns represents. Listen to what he says. Mark 4, 18 and 19. 
Jesus says the seed that fell among the thorns represents others or people who hear God's word. They hear the truth, but all too quickly the message is crowded out. Did you catch that phrase? Crowded out, pushed out, shoved out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. Sometimes the the issue is not that we're not hearing God, it's that we're hearing the truth, it's that we're hearing Scripture, it's that we're hearing God, but we have so much noise around us, we can't do anything with it. We forget it, and the moment it comes in, it's gone, because something else is vying for our attention. Noise is a barrier to God. So those are two major barriers. We know that. I, think, I don't think any of that is like, oh yeah, that, that's crazy. I've never heard that before. I didn't know we were busy. I didn't know we were distracted. We all know that. I'm just giving reminders of what can bring us back. In fact, I would say this. I think that we're addicted to distraction. I really do. You know how I see this? I see this when, we're sitting, when I'm sitting in a group and maybe we're talking about faith or God or something like that. Uh, I sometimes see this on Sunday night with the youth. Um, I see this, but it's not just youth. It's adults. It's everybody. But as, once we start sitting down and we pause and we slow down and we spend 15, 20, 30 minutes and actually try to sit down and have a really serious conversation, you know what happens? People get bored. People start falling asleep. People start get distracted. They have to play with something in their hands. They have to do, and I'm not saying like, you know, sometimes, uh, let's be honest, when I'm talking to you guys, I'm moving my hands constantly, so I, I get it. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm just saying we are addicted to distraction. If we're not distracted, we feel off. We feel uncomfortable. Silence to us is weird in our culture. It is. That's why we have to have stuff going all the time. In fact, I want to just illustrate this for a moment. So this is the first of two times I'm going to make you slightly uncomfortable. Welcome to Northridge Church. (laughs) I want you to do this. I want you to just close your eyes for a minute. Everybody in the room, just close your eyes for a minute. Try not to fall asleep. (laughs) And I just want you to sit there in silence. Okay, you can open your eyes. What did you hear? Did you become aware of something that you were not aware of before? Did you hear the fans? I'll bet a lot of you didn't even know they were going until just that moment. I hadn't heard them until just then. Did you hear when somebody shifted in their seat? I did. Did you hear something else? See, is it possible that God is speaking all the time, but we're just not hearing Him because we're not quiet enough? Still enough. Settled 
enough. I think it's very possible. I think sometimes God is speaking to us, but we can't hear him because we've just got all this stuff going on. So my encouragement is to you, hearing God is far more about us listening than God not talking. He's speaking, but are we listening? All right, so those are two barriers, but now we need to quickly move on. Remember the next question that I said we we're going to tackle? We're going to talk about the barriers. We talked about two barriers. Those are important ones. We need to understand those. We need to minimize those. But then the next question is, how do we know that it's God speaking? How do I know that this voice that I'm hearing, that this thing that I feel like I'm supposed to do or I'm supposed to say, how do I know it's God and it's not just some random thought that I had? All right? Now, let me just be honest. There is no clear answer to that question. If I could give you, like, these are the five steps. Do this. If it started this way, if you heard this word and this happened and this is, then that was God. You know why there's no scientific equation? Because God never uses the exact same way with any person. He just uses a different way for each of us. And so there's no rubric. There's no scientific equation. But let me give you a couple. Let me give you two filters that you can use to discern whether or not this is God, okay? So if you're hearing God, if you think God is calling you to do something, if you think God is moving you in a decision some way, use these two filters, okay? Filter number one is Scripture, God's Word. This is why it's so important for you to dig into this on your own. This is why it was so important. I was reading an article about this. It has nothing to do with the sermon today. But I was reading an article about how William Tyndale, he risked his whole life. In fact, he was killed for translating the Bible into the common language. Okay, think about that. He was killed for translating the Bible out of a language that most people in that region didn't know into a language that everybody could understand. Why? Because the church was threatened by the fact that people were going to really know, actually know what Scripture said. And it was threatening to them. The reason it's important that Scripture is available to us is so that we can take this and place it in here. And in here. God will never speak contrary to Scripture. He'll never say anything that goes against this. He's not going to contradict himself. He's not going to tell you one thing and be like, well, for them it's true, but for you guys it's not true, and this is true. God's not ever going to do that. And so God's word, Scripture, is the first filter. If you are hearing God tell you to do something, but it's definitely against God's word, then I can tell you that's not God. That's your idea, that's somebody else's idea, or it's just something that you really want to do. Have you ever confused something that you really want to do with what God was trying to tell you? Oh man, I've done that all the time. I really think God wants me to eat a couple more cookies, I'm pretty sure. Uh, probably not God, probably me. <laughs> Now, that one's obvious, but sometimes we've got to understand it's not that easy. Sometimes we need to understand we've got to go to Scripture. And by the way, if you don't know Scripture really well, that's okay. Check with somebody who does know Scripture really well. A trusted friend, somebody who's been following Christ for a long time. Somebody 
check with somebody that knows Scripture really well and say, I think I'm hearing God say this. Do you know anything? Do you know if the Bible says anything about this or against this or for this? And let the person give you the answer. Scripture is your first filter to determine if this is God speaking. Now, there's another filter, and I kind of hinted at it just now. The other filter that you can use, and this one you have to be careful with, is people. There's a lot of times that God will use people to affirm or confirm something that you're hearing. For example, uh, for me to become a pastor in the Wesleyan Church, in this denomination, I had to be ordained, which basically means I had a lot of work to do, but then what it also means is a whole bunch of other people who already have walked through this process, already have prayed through this, already have studied Scripture into this, already have walked through these things and become ordained themselves, they have to actually approve me to become a pastor. Now, some of you bristle at that. You're like, you don't need a human to tell you, you know, whatever. Well, here's what I'm saying to you. What that does is it holds me accountable to say, I can't just say whatever I want to be. I need to check it first and make sure God's saying it to me. And you know how that worked is? This group of people affirmed and confirmed what God was already doing. Sometimes the way to hear and know if God is speaking to you is through another person. Now again, you have to be careful of that because it can't just be anybody. It needs to be somebody that's walking with Christ. Somebody that's walking faithfully and following Jesus. In fact, um, I have an example of this. So there's a story in the Old Testament of this boy, this young boy named Samuel. He's sleeping. And Eli is one of the priests, and he's in the tabernacle in a completely different room. Okay? And so they're sleeping. It's, I don't know, probably the middle of the night. They're both sleeping. And all of a sudden, Samuel, this young boy, he hears a voice. And the voice says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel's like, oh, what was that? You know when you are woken up by something, and at first you're like, did I really hear something? So Samuel, Samuel, oh, yeah, I did. Okay, and so he runs into Eli, and he says, Eli, I heard you calling. What do you need? And Eli's looking at the boy, you know, because he woke him up in the middle of the night, and he's like, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. I'm paraphrasing here, okay? But that's essentially what happens. And so Samuel goes back to bed. He's like, well, that's weird. So he goes back to sleep. Second time, a voice comes, Samuel, Samuel. He's like, oh, Eli's calling again. And he runs into Eli and he says, hey, I'm here. What do you need? You know, and Eli's like, I didn't call you. I'm sure by this time, I'm guessing Eli's like, seriously. Go back to bed. Happens a third time. Samuel, Samuel. What does Samuel do? You would have thought that somebody would have figured something out by now. But anyway, third time, Samuel runs into Eli. Eli's like, I didn't call you. But this time, Eli hears God. Not audibly, speaks to him in a way that I'm going to talk about here in a moment. Speaks to Eli, and Eli realizes, oh, Samuel is hearing God's voice. So he tells Samuel, next time you hear the voice, you need to respond. And then he tells him how to respond. I'm not going to tell you, but let me read what happens next. Samuel goes back to bed. God calls to him a fourth time. Listen to what happens. 1 Samuel 3.10. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Notice the posture. Speak, your servant is listening. 
God, I'm ready. Whatever you have to say, you said my name, okay, I'm ready. Whatever you want me to receive, I'm ready for that. Sometimes people, just like Eli, will confirm what God is saying. But it took three times for Eli to realize, oh, this is God, and to let Samuel know, Samuel, this is God. Yes, the voice you're hearing, it's not me, it's not someone else, it's God. You need to listen. And then God reveals something very important to Samuel in that moment. See, sometimes people will confirm whether or not it's God. But you got to be careful. Because just anybody can't necessarily confirm that. They have to be connected to God themselves. Okay? So your two filters are Scripture and other people. They can help you determine whether or not it's God. Now, right now, I'm kind of talking in ethereal terms, but let's get to the third section because the third section is really where we get a little bit more practical. Okay? So we talked about the barriers. We talked about a couple of filters to know whether or not it's God. But now let's talk about how God speaks. How is God actually going to speak? Let's talk about four different ways. Okay? First way. Sometimes, believe it or not, God is going to speak to you in an audible voice. Now, some of you, maybe most of you in here, you're like, I've never heard God's voice. And the reason is, is because I would say the vast majority of people, most people go through their life never hearing God's voice audibly. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. For example, I just gave you a story where Samuel clearly heard God's voice audibly. Eli told him it was God's voice and then he listened. God speaks audibly. It's just not very often. It's pretty rare. But I know of stories, many stories, not only in Scripture, but modern day stories where people heard God's voice. You just heard a story from Ryan and Crystal where Crystal heard God's voice while she was talking to somebody on the phone. You remember that? Some of you were here for that. She heard God's voice. It was so loud, she actually got distracted from the person that was on the phone that she was talking to because God was telling her something about that conversation. She physically heard God's voice. God does speak audibly, just not very often. So you're probably not going to hear it. In fact, some of you will never hear it. At least not on this side of eternity. But then there's a second way. There's a second way that God speaks, and the second way, God speaks sometimes through people. This happens all the time. This happens every Sunday. I hope you realize that these are not just Brent's words. Some of you I know, that's a stretch. You have a hard time believing that. Yes, I have words on a paper here. As most of you know, if you've been to Northridge for any length of time, this is just a suggestion to me. <laughs> And sometimes Brent likes to take rabbit trails. Sometimes God takes me on rabbit trails. And that's okay. But every Sunday, this is a person. It could be Pastor Nick. It could be Pastor Chris. It could be when we're sharing stories. You guys know we've shared tons of stories uh, on Sundays at Northridge, which are powerful stories. This is God speaking through people. I've had many times where people come up to me and they say something to me that they should never have known. I'm not talking about like hidden secret things. I'm just talking about things that they definitely would not know. And they tell me this and they say, hey, I, I'm, I'm supposed to just tell you this. 
And then when they tell me, I'm blown away because it's something that God has been convicting me of, maybe for weeks. And all of a sudden, God sent somebody else to tell me. And it's kind of like God is saying, Bickle, get it. (laughs) You're not listening to my voice? Maybe you'll hear my voice through the person that's standing right in front of you. Come on, Brent. I, I feel like God says that a lot. Come on. Not in an angry way, but in a, I have something beautiful and amazing for you. You need to listen. And sometimes he sends it through people for me. So sometimes he's going to speak through people. But then there's a third way, and this is kind of honestly, this is a weird way. But God definitely uses it, not only in biblical times, but in modern day times. This third way is sometimes God will speak to you through a dream. Happens all the time, believe it or not. It does. People tell me all the time dreams that they had and what they believe God said to them in that dream. It happens all the time. God will speak to you through dreams sometimes. Now, some of you are like, I've never had a dream from God. That's okay. God is speaking to you some other way. It's probably, maybe it's an audible voice. Maybe it's through a person. Maybe it's through the fourth way that we're going to get to in a minute. My guess is it probably is. But sometimes God will speak to you in a dream. Let me give you one story of this that happened not that long ago, about eh, 20 years ago. So before I came here to plant Northridge Church, before God called us here, I was on staff at a large church in North Dakota. And I worked under uh, a senior pastor named Steve Norby. And Steve Norby, uh, before he became a pastor, before God called him into ministry, he was an engineer for 3M. And what he did specifically for 3M is he designed medical machinery. Okay? And, uh, and one of the things that he did is, like, he, he had to actually create machines out of nothing that solved medical problems, okay? Some company would come to them with a problem, and 3M would design and create this machine, and then they'd sell it to the company. But they would design it. And so Steve was one of these brilliant engineers. He could think me- mechanically and all kinds of I did not get his brain at all. I was like, I didn't understand him. But he had this one project that was given to him. And uh, when he was telling this story, he's told this story a couple of different times. I've heard it a couple of different times. But he said, when he got this, he said, I have no idea how I'm going to do that. And for a long time, he would sit at his desk and he'd try to sketch things out. And he'd try to figure, no, that's not going to work. And he'd scratch it out. And then he'd try something else and he'd try something else. And, try something. and he just struggled. He had no idea how to make this particular machine and solve this problem. He just—he was at a loss. And so, as a follower of Christ, you know what he finally did? Don't we all do this? As a last resort, he said, I should pray about this. I should stop working so hard, and I should actually see if God has something to say about this. <laughs> what do you know? So Steve prayed about it. He said, God, help me, because I, 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 I don't know how to solve this problem. And wouldn't you know it, that night, he went to sleep. And in a dream, God gave him the exact schematics, the exact design of how he was supposed to build that machine. In a dream, while he was sleeping. And so the next day, you know what he did? Well, he sketched it all out. He he drew it all up. He got it all taken. And then now Steve has to report to his supervisor, right? They have to sign off on all the projects, 
because they don't want to spend, you know, a million dollars to build this machine if it's not going to work. And so he takes this schematic to his supervisor and he lays it down. He said, I finally figured it out. And his supervisor said, this is incredible. How in the world did you come up with this? He said, you don't want to know. That's what he said. And his supervisor said, he kind of looks at it and he's, no, I, I do. I, I really want to know. Like, how did you go? And Steve said, no, you really don't want to know how, how I came up with this. And he said, no, I, I really do want to know. And Steve said, okay. He said, this is what I did. I prayed. I asked God to give it to me, and he gave it to me in a dream. And I sketched it out. Miraculously, his supervisor, who didn't believe in that kind of thing, signed off on it. They built the machine, and it worked exactly as it was supposed to. God will sometimes speak to you in dreams. Be prepared. Be ready for it. Listen to what he has to say. But let's talk about, kind of as we land the plane here, the fourth and final way. And this is the way that God is going to speak to you on a daily basis. This is the way that God has probably already spoken to you. God is maybe speaking to you right now in this way. And God will speak to you in this way in the future. It's by far the most common, the most regular, the most frequent way that God speaks to people. And that is what I would call internal promptings. Something inside you where God uses that to impress upon you something that you need to do, something that you're supposed to say, somewhere you're supposed to go, something you're not supposed to do, whatever it is. And there's this gut feeling, this thing inside you that says, man, it's, it's almost like this voice, but you can't hear it, but you know it's there and it's telling you to do this or go here. It's an internal prompting. Now, we as people, as human beings, we have all kinds of ways that we describe this. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, my gut tells me? You know what I think our gut sometimes is, maybe often is? I think it's God. I think that's not your gut. Your gut's not that good. <laughs> I know what my gut can do at other times. <laughs> and it's not godly. <laughs> That's not your gut. That's God. You know when somebody says, well, my heart says. You know what I think? That's not your heart. That's God. That's God's voice in you. In fact, let me, let me try to illustrate this. Uh, so Jesus actually explained that this was going to happen to the disciples. They were at the final, the last supper before he was going to be crucified. And, and he's explaining to them that I have to physically leave you. I'm going to be crucified and then I'm going to physically be gone. Right now I'm here with you, but then I'm going to be gone. But God is going to provide a way for you to hear me all the time. Listen to what he says at that supper to the disciples. And therefore also to you and I. John 14, 24 and 26. Jesus says, anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own, Jesus says. What I am telling you is from the Father, God, who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. He's saying I'm physically in the room. So you can hear my voice. But there's a time coming when that's not going to be true. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He, 
will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. See, what the Bible teaches us is when we give our life to Christ, when we choose to accept Jesus, when we choose to follow Jesus, two things happen. We are made new. We are born a second time. Not physically, that'd be weird. But spiritually, we're born physically the first time, and then we have to have a second birth. That's what Jesus says. The first birth is physical. The second birth is spiritual. The only way to spend eternity with God is a second spiritual birth where we give our life to Jesus. It's a second spiritual birth. We, are be, we become something brand new. Okay, This is all according to Jesus. The other thing that it mentions is when you do that, then you are gifted the presence of God in you. The Holy Spirit in you. You have the presence, if you are a follower of Christ, you have the presence of God in you. Yes, I know God's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. But God being in you is something a little bit different. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. It's these quiet, internal promptings from God, and they come from the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the truth. Those promptings, sometimes they're hard to listen to because they're quiet. They're subtle. And here's the hardest reason they're hard to listen to. They tend to go against how we feel. Don't they? When somebody makes me angry, my first thought is not to slow down and offer forgiveness. That's not, that's not my first thought. I don't know about you. Maybe you're holier than I am. But my first thought when somebody offends me, when somebody makes me angry, or let's say does something to my kids, you know, that offends them or is bullying to them, whoo, man, everything inside me says, oh, yes, you just poked the bear. Here we go. Let's rumble. Because I'm so intimidating, as you can tell. But inside, I'm like a bulldog, right? Inside, I'm like, I am ready to go. And I've got ideas of what I can say. And I've got ideas of what I can do to hurt them. I'm guessing you do too. I know how I can hurt them. I know how I can hurt them. And those, those, those ideas, they play in my mind and they play in my heart. And I know I could use them to really get back. I could get even right now. Oh, I could give them a zinger right now. And they would never recover. I know it. But my internal prompting, the Holy Spirit says, Brent, <laughs> slow down. Don't do something stupid. Have you heard that prompting? That's God. Don't do something stupid. See, our relationship with God has to be intimate. It has to be close. It can't be transactional. Sometimes we don't hear God because we treat him as a transaction. Let me try to illustrate this real quick. So, like three years ago, Laura and I had to sign a bunch of papers, mortgage papers, for our house. And you guys know what that stack looks like, right? It is an unbelievable stack. It's a huge stack of papers. 
And so we went and, and we had this one company that we were working with, but they used a third-party company to sign all the papers with us, okay? And so the problem was this company had not spent, uh, had not gotten the papers to us in time so that we could look through all of the different numbers and make sure everything was set. And I'm a guy that likes to look and make sure everything's set before I sign my name to it, right? Some of you are in the room, you're like, yeah. Some of you are like, why would you even read them? <laughs> okay. Different personalities in the room, but that's how I am. I'm like, I'm going to look through this. I want to make sure that number's right because it's a big number, you know, that I'm going to have to owe. And so I want to make sure everything's right. Well, we hadn't gotten to see that. And so we walked into this third party. It was Laura, myself, and actually we had my son Jackson with me. All right, so it was the three of us. And we were ushered into this, this huge kind of conference room with this big conference table. So we sat in the middle of it. And then this woman walked in. She sat down. She didn't even look at us. She sat down. She unclipped the papers, and she slid the first paper to us and said, okay, we're going to start by signing this one. And Laura and I just looked at each other, and we're like, we haven't even seen these papers. And, and we kind of, I signed the first one because it was just kind of like we we're willing to go through the you know, process or something like that. Or something. But then we got to the second one, and she just, she hadn't even looked at us. And I don't normally do this, okay? So understand that this is not normally how I operate. But Laura and I were getting very frustrated because she hadn't even looked us in the eyes. And so I put my hand on the table and I said, listen, I don't know if you need to walk back out and come back in, but we haven't seen these papers and we need to take some time and you haven't even looked at us. So we're going to slow down and if we can't do that, we're leaving and you've lost our business today. Now, again, I don't normally do that. I'm serious. That's not normally my, how I roll. I don't like confrontation, to be honest. Jackson was sitting there going, oh, no. <laughs> you remember that, don't you? He's looking down. His face is red. Because I was so, I was inside. I just, I, I was just ready to throw something. I really was. Because she didn't care at all who we were. Not a lick. Our relationship, and I know, I didn't know her, she didn't know us, she didn't, we didn't get a name, we got nothing. And so it was tr truly and completely transactional, and that was it. I was okay with it being business-like, but not transactional. A couple days later, I remember sitting with a person that had gone through something awful in their life. And I remember just walking in, not even knowing what to say or what to do, but I just sat, and we cried and we prayed. There was absolutely nothing transactional about it. It was, a, it was the point was being with each other. It was it. See, sometimes we treat God as a transactional thing. We treat God as what can I get from God? What can I get from him? And what we need to do is we, not, we need to stop thinking about what can I get from God and more how can I be with God. Totally different mentality. Don't, don't go after God thinking what can I get from God. Go after him with how can I be with God. Because if you treat God as a transaction, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get a transaction. But can I tell you what God wants to offer you? He wants to offer you something way better and way deeper than a transaction. Way better, way deeper. Love, forgiveness, grace, power. 
If you treat him as a transaction, he'll give you a transaction. But that's all you'll get. There's much more to receive. So I told you I was going to make you uncomfortable a couple of times. We're at that second time. This will be a little uncomfortable but I, because it requires you to do something with me. Okay, you're not going to have to leave your seat. It's not going to be that weird. Some of you are like, oh, I'm scared already. <laughs> you know I keep it fairly safe. This is really actually quite simple. It's just going to be weird because we probably don't do these normally in church. Okay? Pastor Nick did something kind of like this a few weeks ago. We're going to do something similar. And to be honest, um, I told my life group this, this last Tuesday, God revealed to me as I was praying, as I was watching a video and praying for our life group this last Tuesday, what I was supposed to end the message with today. And I didn't, I didn't even have the message written yet. And so I'm doing what God told me to do last, this last Tuesday. It was an internal prompt. I didn't hear him physically. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to close your eyes again. Okay? And I'm going to do this with you because I think I need it too. I want you to put your hands out in front of you, palms down. And now I want you, just eyes closed, just, just kind of listen to my voice here. Now I want you to clench your fists as hard as you can. I mean, really dig in. I want your mind to move toward what your hands clenched represents in your life. What are you holding on to that you shouldn't be? Fear? Doubt? Anger? Maybe even hatred? Maybe hurt? Hurt that was done to you a long time ago. Or maybe some of you are holding on to hurt that happened to you this week. What is it that you're holding on to? That God is telling you, why are you holding on to that? So in this moment, I want you to imagine that God gives you the ability, the power to release it. And right now, here's what I want you to do. I, you have that in mind. Listen to what God is telling you. Whatever that is that you're controlling, that you are holding on to in your life, I want you to slowly release your fingers and open your palms. Keep them pointed down and let it fall. Let it go. Release it. Because God wants you to put all of that stuff that's roiling inside of you, he wants you to put it at his feet. He wants to take it. Now simply flip your hands over with your palms up. You can say this out loud or you can say it quietly in your in your heart. But tell God, if you're willing, if you're not, then don't do it, but if you're willing, tell God, God, I'm ready for what you have for me. 
I'm ready for how you want to speak to me. I'm ready for you. Just pause and with your hands out and open, listen. What is God saying to you? Lord Jesus, we come to you acknowledging that sometimes we are not listening very well. We come to you acknowledging that sometimes we're distracted. We come to you acknowledging that sometimes we hold way too tightly to things of this world and in this, in this earth that we should not hold on to. Emotions that we should have let go of long ago. God, in this moment, we acknowledge that we need you more than anything in this life. And so with our hands out and open, we declare to you, God, we are ready for what you have to give to us. We are listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Help us to follow you. Help us to obey whatever you say. We pray this and we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.